everyone. This is episode 738 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for the week of Friday, September 18th, 2020. I'm your host, Marcus Nez, and today I'll be talking about Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning, Vampire's Fall Origins, Moira Crystal H, and Tamarin. Before I get to what I've been playing, it would be weird if I didn't talk about the PlayStation 5 showcase just a little bit, and I will start with the most important details, the price, the pre-order dates, and the release date of the console. So it shouldn't come as any surprise that the PlayStation 5 disc version is going to be $500, and then the digital version is going to be $400. I think there was some concern that maybe they'd come in at $600 and $500, but after Xbox announced their prices, I think it would have been somewhat of a hard sell even as the market leader for sony to try and sell them at six hundred dollars and five hundred dollars and at those price tags the digital playstation 5 is very tempting i think it is probably the best deal of the bunch across both platforms it's just a really really good deal because unlike the series s the playstation 5 just lacks a disk drive it is not a weaker system or a 1080p system it is a playstation 5 minus the disk drive and because of that it is symmetrical and looks better as well as you know it's a little bit lighter as well but yeah the prices are 500 and 400 and then the pre-orders the event happened on wednesday i believe and the pre-orders were supposed to go live on thursday there was no time specified but of course they ended up going very early and, and not that Shortly after the event, first starting in New Zealand and I think New Zealand specific retailers, people were like, oh, my friend in New Zealand, uh, they got a pre-order for the PlayStation 5 from this place and that place. And I'm like, why? What? How? I'm not even concerned or wondering how or why they were able to get pre-orders at this point. I'm just like, how does everyone know someone in New Zealand? I don't know anyone in New Zealand. This is ridiculous. I want to know someone in New Zealand. But... Then in the States, Walmart was the first shoe to drop, nail to drop. out of What is that phrase? Whatever. It doesn't matter. Walmart was the first one to put up pre-orders. And then that just started this trickle effect of one retailer, then another, then another. And then eventually everyone got in on the fun that was the disaster of trying to get a pre-order in for people. And I ended up getting a pre-order in for the PlayStation 5 digital version on Amazon. And I just got an email today saying that, you know, there's really high demand for this and we might not be able to get you this at launch. So just be warned that that might not happen. So, yeah, I'm curious how many units they're going to have at launch because I don't imagine that they sold that many pre-orders, all the retailers combined, but I could be wrong. I, I know that Sony said that they would have, I believe, 15 million units through March of 2021, but that doesn't mean they would all be ready to go right from the get-go. So how many they're going to have for that very specific launch day? Who knows? And then when the next run will hit? Like, I I don't know. Nobody knows. But yeah, it's been a bit of a shit show. Predators, again, went live for a very short period of time yesterday on thursday when they were supposed to from i think walmart and target and maybe every other retailer and i think maybe it's amazon that said like next week we'll have another round of pre-orders but 
It seems weird, especially from Amazon, if they're going to have more pre-orders to say, we don't know if we're going to be able to get you this on launch because the supply, you know, the supply is constrained and blah, 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 blah. Yet we're going to have more pre-orders. That's a little fucking weird. But yeah, it is going to come out on November 12th, I believe, right? It's, It's two days. It's a Thursday of the week. And two days after the Xbox Series X and S, which I think is the 10th and uh, Tuesday. Either way, it's Tuesday and Thursday, respectively, for each platform. And then they showed some games. And, and games, for the most part, we've already known about. They just showed some Meteor gameplay. And outside of one, we're all being played on a PlayStation 5. But there was a lot of shady shit that just leads to more questions in terms of how truthful and fortright Sony is being with their information because one, they opened with the reveal of Final Fantasy 16 and they said it's a console. I don't even know if they said a console exclusive. I think they just said it's a PlayStation 5 exclusive, but in the initial reveal, it said in fine print, coming to PC as well or whatever. And then they removed that from the trailer they later put up. And then the same thing happened with Demon's Souls. But then outside of that, something that has been rumored for a while, we saw more of Miles and we saw, I don't remember what, but in the case of Miles Morales, Spider-Man, in case you're confused, and not, not Miles Per Hour uh, of Sonic fame, and Horizon Forbidden West, I don't remember what the subtitle for that one is, and Sackboy, all three of those games will also be coming to PS4. There may be more coming to PS4, but those ones have been confirmed for PS4. So when Sony was saying months ago, we believe in generations and that, you know, we need the power of the PlayStation 5 to give you these games, that was a load of bullshit. And I, I don't think it's surprising in the case of Sackboy or Miles, but Horizon is a bit surprising, which also makes me believe that that is probably a 2021 game. I I would assume that given that it's a cross-gen game, it is probably not that far off. So that is maybe good news in that sense where you'll be able to play it sooner than you're expecting. We also got at the very end a very, very, very brief nothing of a teaser for the next God of War. And people are like, oh man, that game's going to be coming out really soon. I don't buy that but sure why not the the standoff for me though was demon souls because it one looked incredible i've gone back to the the original version and it doesn't look that great but like that is definitely the most exciting exclusive or not exclusive because who the fuck knows at least timed exclusive but it is the most exciting launch title across all platforms, both Xbox and PlayStation, by a mile for me. That game just looks... I, I, I'm a huge fan of the Souls games. I got into them with Dark Souls, so I never really gave Demon Souls a fair shot. And going back to it now, it just doesn't look that great. So I'm very excited about that. But the, the one weird thing, too, is that there was like a tweet, or maybe it was even in the trailer they were saying, that for Demon Souls specifically... It said, coming to PC and other consoles at a later date. The other consoles is a very weird thing. I I can't see how that game could be coming to Xbox, but maybe they're saying that 
to mean that it is also going to be a cross-gen game coming to PS4. Though, looking at it, it it looks pretty damn good. And I guess you could probably do it on a PlayStation 4. You look at stuff that has come out recently, like Ghost of Tsushima and The Last of Us Part Two. It's it's still a very capable machine, but yeah. Demon Souls looks incredible, and I can't wait to play that at some point. I don't know when that'll ever happen, because not only did they tell us about some of their launch games, they also revealed that first-party games, at least, the, the big first-party games, will all be $70. So Sony has put the the foot in the, the stamp. What am I fucking talking about? They have put their foot down, and they have said, hey, games are worth $70 these days, at least the big AAA games. And Miles will be $50 because, of course, it's not a full-fledged game. Anyone who thought it was going to be a full-fledged sequel, no, it's not. There is an Ultimate Edition that is including the remastered version of Spider-Man, just the base Spider-Man game that came out a few years ago. So that's a little weird because I think that is the only way to get it. But, you know, if you if you never played Spider-Man, then an extra 20 bucks to get the remastered version of that along with Miles is not a bad deal, but yeah, I, I I can't stress enough how good Demon's Souls looks, but with the the weird messaging that Sony has put out there, it's hard to really know what to make of some of the details regarding exclusivity and what have you. Even their little tweet that came out about backward compatibility, where Jim Ryan said, of the thousands of games we've tested, 99% of them work. You could look at that and say, yes, that is great. 99%, that means only a handful of games don't work. But you can look at that tweet, and if you want to get super conspiracy theorists about it, or just nitpick it, or try to find holes in it, you could say, okay, of the thousands, they could just mean 1,000 games they've tested, which means there are still... 3,000 plus games they haven't tested. And you could also say, well, they said they work, but did they say they work well? I don't know. They could run like shit. They could just be PS4, the, the standard version PS4 quality of game. Like, there are ways to look at that and be very pessimistic, but I am hopeful. I, I look at that and I think that that's good. Only a handful of games and I'm assuming that the games that don't work probably aren't going to be games that people care about. Could be wrong, but at least the the big, big, big games and all first-party games will work. It would be crazy if some of the games that don't work are first-party games. But that was the PlayStation 5 showcase, and now we're just ready to let next-gen come and just be done with this. I am done with this. Also, the Xbox Series X and S... They announced that the pre-order time will be, I think it's it's either 11 or 10 a.m. Central Time. I only paid attention to my time zone, but that is both good and potentially bad because we know when pre-orders will go live, but that also means that bots and scalpers will be primed and ready to go for that. And who knows what the supply will look like for the Xbox. There, there could be very limited stock at launch for that as well. Maybe the S will be the very desirable machine and that one will go quickly and people won't be as quick to grab the Series X, which would be great for me because that's the one I want. I want the Series X. I don't give a shit about that Series S. So yeah, 
it'll be interesting when that day comes in just a few days next week tuesday so that'll be it'll be an interesting day hopefully not a, a shit show like the playstation 5 pre-orders so now that that is out of the way let's get on to what i've been playing starting with kingdoms of amalur re-reckoning so this is a game in action rpg that came out i don't know how long ago was it at this point maybe like 2000 i think it was 2011 that seems right for 360 ps3 that generation and a game i really loved i think it's somewhat infamous at this point because of the whole kurt schilling studio and all that stuff with the what state of rhode island but it has now been remastered from thq nordic who has recently given us the remakes of destroy all humans the first game and the spongebob squarepants bikini bottoms game or whatever that platformer is and the first thing you would notice if you played the original game and then jumped into this or maybe even if you jump into this without having played it is that the visual jump is not as drastic and that is because both spongebob and destroy all humans were xbox ps2 era games and this is a 360 ps3 era game so it is not the biggest jump in visual fidelity it's not as wow as those games were and and to some extent it actually looks a little worse because it feels more like a cleaned up pc version that's been ported to consoles to new consoles like with the remastered edition of red faction gorilla and other games that were from last gen and not two gens ago where they don't have to do as much work so visually it doesn't stand out as much But the thing that makes it worth playing, even if you already played it last gen and maybe you don't have the biggest desire to replay it, I was excited because I love the game and want to be back in that world. I'd love to see more of these games, more in the world of Amalur. But what makes it feel like a completely new experience, and it's something that I went back to the original game to check and see if it was in there because it is backward compatible on the Xbox One, the original version, you can... And this is something that was added post-launch, I believe, and there were a lot of complaints because comparing the base setup of Amalur Re-Reckoning and the original version, the camera is zoomed in very close, so close that you can't even see the bottom of your legs. You can't see your feet or anything. And it makes combat really annoying in that an enemy or enemies could be behind you and attacking you and you can't see them until you rotate the camera around. And this is probably just a default sensitivity issue. I found that the sensitivity of the camera in the new version compared to the old version was off and it just didn't feel good. But they did pretty quickly release an update that added camera options. And with these camera options, you can pull the camera back very far out and you can raise it up as well and what this does is makes kingdoms of amalur feel like a diablo game and it it kind of blew my mind when i was playing it that way because it felt very familiar just the comment and and everything about it the look of the world which is very colorful when you get out of that first tutorial area the the mines but playing it like that with that pullback camera was like a revelation. It just felt so new and fresh despite being this old game that hasn't had as much work done to it as those previous mentioned remakes. And 
because of that, I can see myself playing through this entire thing and just enjoying it and, and having a blast with it because it's just the, the only downfall to that is with that new perspective. And, and you can adjust it as you want. The only thing that sucks about it is that you adjust it in the menus. You can't do it while seeing like it would be fine if it was still in the option menu, but they just showed you on screen a little thumbnail example of what the camera was going to look like. So you'd have to keep backing out and going back into the menus to get to this sweet spot. Because if you want to get it close up to where it was in the original version, where you can see your feet and you could still have some eyesight of what's behind you in your surroundings and not be so zoomed in, you could do that. But playing it like a Diablo game is so much fun and it feels great. The comment still just feels so good. But playing it that way makes me wish it was a co-op game. I, I want to be able to play with other people. Because now, with that new perspective, it is one of the best Diablo likes on the console, as far as I'm concerned. Like, trying to think of what options are out there. We have, what, Torchlight 2, which I never really played. And then there are the Van Helsing games, the uh, Victor Vram game the titan quest game and its expansions which i don't think that game holds up at all and and others as well but with kingdoms of amalur re-reckoning now and this new ability to pull the camera out so far it it feels like a new game despite being an old game that hasn't had much work done to it and i think that that alone just breathes so much life into it and yeah i i would highly recommend trying it out that way or checking out videos of people who have done that so you can see the difference because it is a significant difference. But yeah, when I initially started playing it, I was like, yeah, this this is cleaner, but it, it's not blowing me away visually. And the camera's a bit off. And the combat, like I still like the combat, I'm just like, there's just something about this that doesn't feel right compared to the original game. And then when I found out about the camera and all that stuff, I'm like, wow, this, this changes Everything was crazy. But with this and Destroy Humans and SpongeBob SquarePants Bikini Bottoms or whatever the hell the full subtitle of that is, THQ Nordic has been doing an absolute amazing job with remakes and remasters in a way that's different than, say, what Capcom has been doing by taking games from the past and remaking them fully. What they're doing is not messing too much with the formula so that, yes, they may feel dated, but... It is a way to experience these games the way you remember them. When everyone talks about like, yeah, I love this game and I remember it being so beautiful and blah, 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 blah. And then you go back to you and you're like, man, look at the alias in here. Look how fuzzy all this stuff is. Look at the low quality of these textures. They clean these things up and they just polish them to the point that they look pretty damn good today. And I really love it. And I just, I want to see more of this. And then I want to see this lead into the revitalization of these series. I would love to see a new Destroy All Humans games, but my hope now, because I like, I think this the SpongeBob game is still such a weird anomaly of a game to remake, but what I would love to see, I would pay $60 for this. I mean, I'm trying to think because there are three of them. I would, I would pay more than $60. I would pay 30 bucks a game for these games, and maybe that's a problem for some people, but I would absolutely kill if they would fucking do this treatment with the Time Splitters games. Because they have that license now. 
or, or coach or whatever, they're like the parent company, they have that. I want, or it's cock, right? Is it cock or is it coke? No, it's coke. It's not, it's, it's not cock. It's not cock media. But I love the Time Splitters games so much. I, I wasn't as fond of what Future Perfect or whatever it was. But man, those games are so good. The multiplayer was so much fun and so funny and just a really great time. And if those games came back, man, that would be amazing. I would play the shit out of those, especially Time Splitters 2. Me and my dad played the hell out of that. We played that and Unreal Tournament with essentially one-shot, one-kills. So we had the one-shot, one-kill specific mode in Unreal Tournament on PlayStation 2. And then with Time Splitters 2, we do one-shot, one-kill and then have the the automatic shotgun, which had a pretty wide blast so that my dad didn't have to aim all that much. And we just had so much fun with that. And I, w- I would love to be able to do that again to bring that back and, and play some more of that with my dad. But yeah, Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning is another quality remaster. Uh, of course, this, like I said, hasn't had as much done to it as those other games because it is just a last-gen game. But if you missed out on the game... The first time, it's really worth checking out because I personally don't think the story is all that interesting or any of the dialogue, but it is a beautiful world and it has super fun combat and it is just a fun world to explore and be in and get lost in and it's very meaty and it's just, it's a really, really fun, solid action RPG. Then I played some Vampire's Fall Origins, which is not a Diablo-like, except when you are navigating the world, it's like a Diablo-like, in that it's a pretty pull-back third-person perspective, isometric camera, and you're walking around these environments, you're talking with people, decent story, decent writing, and then when you get into combat, it turns into this turn-based combat where it's a 2D plane, and it looks like whatever, Slay the Spire is the first thing that came to mind, but any kind of thing where... You have your character on one side, the enemy is on the other side, and then you attack them, they attack you back and forth, you can do your various type of special abilities, and it's not too bad. The thing that I really hate about it, though, is that in combat, well, outside of combat, you can heal yourself with healing potions, and also, if you're not in specific places, you can just set healing potions to brew on their own with a a timer to cool down, which is nice, and you can just do this as much as you want. But in combat, you can't use healing potions or any type of healing items. You have an ability, a bite ability, that can give you, I think, half of the damage you do back in health, which is fine, and this uses your kind of special meter. But the fact that you can't use healing items or or items of any kind, any type of potion in game, I mean, if you can, the game has not showed me how to do that. I tried to figure out a way to do it and just like pressing all the buttons. And that is really frustrating because the game can be challenging pretty quickly and you definitely should be following a certain path. You can you can end up going off and doing things and the, the game will warn you at times as well that maybe you shouldn't go here because you're probably not leveled up. But like it was frustrating to die pretty early on and it'll just throw you back and just like well you know i could have won that fight if i just had a healing potion because the enemy was one hit away but so was i and their turn was up and i was just fucked and i couldn't heal myself the previous turn because i just can't do any of that shit this fucking sucks whatever but despite that i do think it's a solid game and it's only 13 dollars i think 
So it is worth checking out. It does feel like when you look at the UI and just how not greatly optimized it is and how the controls feel, it is clear that it was probably, and it is not that it was probably, it, it is, but I didn't know this until I looked into it, but I felt like it was. It is slash was, no, it is, it still is, I'm sure. It started off as a mobile game and then it came out on PC back in February of this year and has now made its way to, I believe, Xbox One and Switch. No PS4 version, at least now, maybe not ever. But that is Vampire's Fall Origins and it's a it's a solid game, but I really am bothered by the fact that you just, like, just that alone. I, I want to be able to heal my character in-game. Then Moiro Crystal H is a old school first person grid based dungeon crawler in the same vein as games like Etrian Odyssey or Class of Heroes I think it was called or on PC the Legends of Grimrock games and the whole hook of this game is that and this is a PSP game I think that was never brought to the states and has now been brought to the Switch which is where I've been playing it and I think other games in the series were already on Switch, but this is the first game remade, and it is a standalone thing. You don't need to have played any other games, but the hook of it is that it is a fan service heavy game, and it's all about the fan service. So what you're doing basically is going through these dungeons, and you run into Monster Girls, and then you start off the goal of trying to capture them, by first attacking various body parts, you know what body parts, in order to destroy bits of clothing. And then when you destroy all these bits of clothing, it'll just completely be destroyed and they'll be left in their underwear. And when this happens, you'll be left with a limited amount of time to start swiping on these specific body parts in order to get them all worked up, get them all hot and bothered so that they will join your party and become one of your monster girls. And... When I say swipe, that means if you're playing on the Switch in handheld mode, you're actually touching the screen, but you wouldn't you wouldn't actually be swiping because that doesn't do anything. The input does not recognize swiping, it recognizes tapping. So you'd just be tapping these parts. You're just gonna like tap the armpit or the air or the buttocks. And this is something that is going to appeal to a very specific audience, and that is not me and probably not a lot of my listeners, I, I would assume. But the, the problem, though, is that when you take away the whole hook of it, the fan service and all that stuff, it is a not particularly interesting story. I, I didn't find it all that funny or engaging. It is very, very top-heavy. I, I cannot stress that enough. I think I spent over an hour reading a bunch of this bullshit with this black bra and white panties or whatever, the dark bra and the light panties or the bra of the dark and the panties of the light that get separated and if they don't get back together soon then the fucking whole world's gonna get destroyed but i swear i read all this nonsense for over an hour until i actually got to play the game and that is way too much i want to get into the game and see what it's like way quicker than that of course you can skip all this stuff but even skipping it is tedious it's just there's too much shit in the beginning before you start to actually play the game and it's not interesting or anything like that. But the problem ultimately is is that the dungeon crawling side of it, when you remove the fan service and all that, is average at best. 
your character, your player character can't actually do anything, but they can like get worked up or whatever and build up this stuff within them and then release it to one of the monster girls so that their next attack will do significantly more damage or, or what not and i i don't like that i don't feel i don't i don't like having this character who's they're not worthless but they just fucking feel worthless to me but yeah it just it is not a great dungeon crawler and i i don't know if an etrian odyssey game has come out on the switch at this point but like that is definitely worth checking out i mean the thing that moto crystal h has going for it over etrian odyssey and similar games is that it is at least the amount i played significantly easier it it almost felt too easy like it's just like okay i don't i don't really have to think about anything i'm doing and it could be because they know people just want to get to the point where of course you're also fighting regular enemies and not just getting to these monster girl battles where you're focusing on their articles of clothing and then on them specifically to capture them but they probably know that their audience just wants to get to those moments and start tapping away and you don't have to play it in handheld mode if you play it on tv or even if you're playing in handheld mode and just using the analog sticks you can then move an on-screen cursor to the specific points of their body to you know get them all hot and bothered and all that but yeah it is not a great dungeon crawler and therefore it's just like not my cup of tea because the the hook of it does not hook me in if i was a fish i would be running away because fish have feet and they can run real fast. Then the last game I played is Tamarin, which is a platformer, an action platformer. The, there was more action in it than I thought there was. And it is from, I think, some X-Rare developers and probably other people as well. And it's on PS4. That is where I was playing it. And I think PC, I'm not sure about other platforms. But you play uh, Tamarin, which is this real tiny little monkey creature uh, animal and they're it's a it's a weird game that i i was genuinely shocked by when i got to the second bit because the game is essentially broken up into two different play styles that you go back and forth between and one of them is a traditional platformer that doesn't feel that great because you're limited in what you can do and instead of having you perform jumps they're like reach long distances you just get to a point and then if you see this little arrow in the space that you want to get to you just hold the left trigger and then you can press the jump button and you will automatically jump there and i'm like man a lot of these jumps feel like i could have reached there if you just gave me a double jump but at the same time the jump and the hit detection or whatever you call it felt a little bit off where i would try to reach a platformer just by jumping regularly and if i wasn't pixel perfect it just would lead to my character sliding down I'm like this is really frustrating but the platforming sections are pretty basic and not that exciting but the weird part about this game that I did not realize was in it and it kind of it caught me off guard and it also just is fucking real shitty is that the other side of this game is a third person shooter where you're fighting bugs you're just fighting a bunch of different types of ants and stuff and it's it's really weird because you, so in the platforming bits, even if you run into enemies who aren't super aggressive, you can't attack them in any way. But when you're in the third person mode, there's no more real platforming to have to worry about. It's just this third person shooter and you get a gun, a full on gun. You can't attack with melee and the third person shooting and it does not feel good. And it is super weird because you get 
an Uzi. And at first, it's like a three-round burst gun, and then you get a full-on machine gun, and then you'll eventually get a, a rocket launcher. And it's just, it's really weird to be playing this game where I'm this little monkey, and I got this gun, and I'm shooting these ants and watching them explode. I'm like, what is this game? What is it? I don't know what it is, but it's weird, and I don't like it. It does not feel good. And it is going on and on. The shooting bits take way longer than they should. And it's weird that they are broken up into very specific sections. So when you are in the shooting bit, you are in the shooting bit. And when you're ready to transition to the platforming bit, this mole or whatever, come on and be like, hey, man, I'm going to hold on to your guns for the time being. So, you know, you can you can worry about jumping and all that shit. And I'll give you your, I'll give you your guns back when you need them. So don't worry about them. I'll take I'll take good care of them, okay? Don't worry. Don't worry. And yeah, it's just it's a weird game. And <laughs> I just wish it was more of a traditional platformer, a 3D platformer, but it's it's not and it doesn't feel good in either respect. And maybe if they just focused on something, it would have been a better experience. And it's just there is this weird disconnect, I don't know what of playing the third person shooter and just like you can't get into cover but you will see the ants hide behind cover and there are times where you have to kill all the enemies in a space in order to open a door and i got to a point where i spent probably like three minutes trying to find the last ant because there were all these broken buildings around and the ant kept hiding from me he didn't want to engage me and attack me and be aggressive he was fucking scared because he knew i was going to kill him he's a smart ant in that respect but it's just like fucking where's he going because i kept like just going around these houses and i'm like fucking i must be going around the same way he's going around he's just running away so i'm gonna just back out and i'm just keep looking at the gap that i could see and when he pops up i'm gonna go after him then and that's what i did and i i killed him and opened the door but it's just like it is a weird game and on top of that and the little bit of jank in terms of the platforming and being able to reach space where it's just like you kind of slide off it I don't know if this is just across all platforms or what it is, or if it's that I'm playing it on a standard PS4. I don't know. And I'm guessing this is the resolution or, or something, but it is a surprisingly fuzzy game. It is not particularly crisp and it, it, it's a little, it's not so much distracting, but it's very noticeable. You get used to it very quickly. At least I got used to it pretty quickly, but it was a little disappointing because it is very colorful it has a nice aesthetic, even like the bugs that you're killing. Like I, I like the general look of it, but the fuzziness is something that just is a bit off-putting. But yeah, it's just a weird game, and it's 40 fucking dollars, and I'm pretty sure it's not that long, and I didn't feel incentivized to go collecting this or that. Like it, it ju It's just, it's a weird, weird game. It is super weird. But uh, yeah, that is, again, Tamarin on pc and ps4 at the very least i play it on ps4 and uh yeah that is it in terms of what i've been playing so that will do it for this episode of the pixelated sausage podcast once again i am your host marcus and as y'all can find me on twitter and pretty much everywhere at px sausage the site is of course pixelatedsausage.com where you can find this podcast attack the backlog and on Amazingly Baca, all of which are available on podcast services across the globe. You can also check out the art I make on the site, and if you see something you like, you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and 
anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash PXS and support us that way. As always, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day and an absolutely lovely weekend. 